fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have a sense already this is going to be one of those really weird, wonky weeks where I think it's going to be a day behind because it's already Tuesday after the 4th of July celebrations. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station, but all over the country. Don't you worry. Radio and TV, live streaming and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you more than anything else. We are ready. We are literally going to kick off July with a bang, as we did over the weekend with 4th of July. Hopefully you got to enjoy. We'll talk about the celebration here in just a little bit. So welcome in all over. We do have the live stream up and running right now on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch.tv, also on the LinkedIn and on the OurFreedomBook.com and Instagram and TikTok. I think I got all the social media, right? Instagram, TikTok, yeah. Uh, Plus the website at HoosierReason.com. We have the live stream going on there at HoosierReason.com. Boy, it's going to be a big show, which means we are kicking off a brand new month with a bang, so to speak, here on the program as well. At the bottom of the hour, excited to talk with Diane Douglas. She is a former Arizona superintendent of the public school district down in Arizona. The big question is, is public school systems, are the public school systems, Apparently, because I went I went through them. Uh, are the public school systems reformable or are they pretty much just as they're going to be and we can't fix them or reform them in any way, shape or form? Are we what we're getting right now? Is that the best quality we are going to get from public schools? So we'll talk with Diane coming up at the bottom of the hour in just a little bit. But hopefully you had a wonderful 4th of July celebration. We took the day off yesterday as well with the best stuff for the program because we got to enjoy. We got to boom off very large, as Donald Trump would say, they're huge. They're bigly. They were the biggest ones you've ever seen in your entire life. We got to blow up some really big fireworks and had some fun there. So hopefully you got to do the same thing as well. What I love about it is that there are a few things in this world that bring a tear to my eye that really bring a tear down, that really make me feel emotional in that sense. And that is, of course, patriotism, which is what most patriots are all about. We love hearing about it. Uh, with all the flaws that we have as a nation, with all the issues that we try and fight with, with all the political bickering that we have, can we at least come together one time a year where we wave the American flag, we're proud to be patriots, we're proud to be Americans, and we can all get along. Yeah, we all just love each other and get along once in a while. And usually 4th of July is the day where we can do that. Whether it happened or not, I don't know. I think it depends on what part of the country that you're actually in. What I was really curious about was whether we were going to get messages from the mainstream media about, well, we've already celebrated our independence being the uh, organization and being the uh, movement that we saw just a month ago on Juneteenth. Well, we've already celebrated our independence as certain minority groups. So therefore, you have your independence, we have ours. Because that's the way the left kind of played off the whole Juneteenth, making it a national holiday thing just a month ago. So I, I now I didn't see it, although I wasn't really looking for it in the main, in the headlines. But I was curious if that was going to pop up. That's your celebration, you white privileged jerks that you are that run this nation. We're going to celebrate our Juneteenth celebration over here because I really didn't want to see that. I wanted to see true unity, true patriotism. And regardless of whatever heritage or background or whatever that you have, that we can all come together and just celebrate unity as a nation on 4th of July. And I think we got that. I think. I didn't hear any otherwise, but let's see. 
Super excited to talk about our next guest here as we talk about racism in this country, the white privilege movement that's going on, this critical race theory that's going on, which we'll talk about in the school district at the bottom of the hour as well. It's a big issue because this is really, I think, in the country, our number one dividing issue at this time. Other than Donald Trump, that's just, you know, Donald Trump. So I'm excited to have on the program. He is the author of the book Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America. Super excited to have on here Mr. Charles Murray with us here. Charles, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Hey, good. I appreciate Fourth of July. Yeah, happy Fourth of July to you. I really appreciate you coming on the program, uh, being that you literally wrote the book on this one. Let's talk about it. Did you did you hear it? I mean, as you focus on this issue and you've written about the the two truths about race in America, did we see a divide? Did you see a divide over Fourth of July holiday? Did uh, did some people try and run away with the Juneteenth as their own independence? How did you see it? I had a weird experience. I mean, it was a wonderful experience. I was in a very blue uh, restaurant in a blue upper class town, classic upper class town. I'm sure it voted, you know, eighty percent for Biden, but uh, it was a very crowded restaurant. And in the middle of the, with all the noise. Uh, the spoke singer started to sing the Star Spangled Banner quietly, no wow. fanfare. And within a few seconds, the whole room had quieted. Everybody stood. Almost everybody had their hand over their heart uh, singing along and broke into wild cheers at the end. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe one day a year anyway. It, 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 was a, it was a good feeling to see that in that kind of town, which I'm sure has that kind of politics. Wow. Way to go! You brought you brought a tear to my eye. First off, uh, right off the show here, so appreciate that. That's uh, that's a really great story. I, I love hearing that. Your book, Two Truths About Race in America. Let's talk about them. What are the two truths? Because right now, what we're hearing is that we should dismantle the Constitution. We should not listen to the founding fathers. We should disregard all of that mindset because they were property owners, they were slave owners, and they were white privileged rich men. So therefore, everything they said should go out the window. Is that the truth? Of race in America. Well, I, I wrote the book because uh, because the set was the narrative that was coming out last July, with the protests and the riots and so forth. It's all racism, uh, systemic racism. Mm. And I say, well, it's a lot more complicated than that. And one of the truths that I talk about the, in the book has to do with policing. It is a statement of fact. It's not right wing propaganda. It's a statement of fact that violent crime is much higher in uh, black communities than it is in white communities. And when police go into a low-income black community especially, they are facing an environment in which they have to establish their authority uh, more forcefully. They have to call for backup sooner. They're facing threats that they don't uh, face elsewhere. Not to say that there are no racist cops. I am saying you can't understand differences in policing unless you understand differences in the environment. The, The second thing is there were all these complaints about, you know, Google doesn't have enough uh, black uh, African-American senior managers. Well, let me get this straight. There's a difference in cognitive ability in the means of the races. That doesn't mean that there aren't brilliant African-Americans. There are lots of them. Millions of blacks are smarter than millions of whites. But it is also a fact, just simply an empirical statement, that the numbers coming out that are eligible to interview at the high levels of Google is doesn't meet the demand. There's a much higher demand for such people uh, than can be supplied. So we're looking at labor market issues, not racism. Hard mm-hmm. to get that across. 
That's an interesting point for sure. Now, of course, the deeper question is why? Why do we have that gap? And is it because of a public education system? Is it because of a lack of opportunities? Uh, I mean, let's uh, where where is this lack of coming from when you try to go and interview at a position, like you said, with like Google, for example, and there's just that disparring difference there? You know what, uh, Andy? That those are important questions. But the problem is people think, oh, if they have a solution, it's only temporary. It'll go away. That does not change the situation facing a police patrolman tomorrow. Right. And if you're talking about the news tomorrow, it's the existence of the difference that we have to come to grips with. If you're talking about who's getting hired tomorrow, it doesn't make any difference if we have a magic plan to get rid of the differences in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, what we're facing tomorrow is a real difference. And, and so I'm saying to people, let's have lots of arguments about the causes. That's fine. Let's confront the reality that exists today which is why the title of the book. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it really is. It's two completely different solutions for the issues, isn't it? I mean, with the education long-term starting at the younger age to bring them up, give opportunities, reform some of the, the, the public support systems or, or, or uh, public you know public programs in some way, shape, or form to allow opportunity, but that's, like you said, kind of the seed being planted for a 10- to 20-year plan as opposed to an issue we have immediately. I mean, we're looking at two completely different solutions for the different issues right now. Yeah, and so the center-left and the center-right can argue about the right solutions. That's fine. And the center-left can say, this is all a matter of, uh, of deprivation that we can overcome so far. Great. But let's agree right this minute that you can't ascribe uh, these problems to systemic racism. Mm. And that's really my message, Andy. This is not a systemically racist country. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. We're talking with uh, Charles Murray. Uh, you can visit him online at counterbooks.com and see some of this facing reality, two truths about race in America. As we do start, do you think that we're getting better at these? As you mentioned, we're not systemically racist, but there are some issues that we're working out, some of the kinks in the system. Have you seen over time, are we getting better at these, or are we still kind of stumbling over ourselves here? I, I think we made a huge mistake 50, close to 60 years ago when we went for aggressive affirmative action. What Martin Luther King was asking for and he and his fellow African Americans deserved was a fair shake. And that's what he wanted. And we went to this aggressive affirmative action whereby we say, well, we'll, we'll have different standards for different groups of people. That's, that's un-American in a very fundamental way. What America historically about was treating people as individuals. Yeah. And I think we've departed very far from that. And the, the sad thing is, we hear all this stuff about systemic racism and it's all the white's fault. I bet 90% of African Americans, 90% of Latinos, and 90% of whites say what we really want is a colorblind society where everybody gets a fair shake, no matter what their race is, and I'd like to see—I'd like to see those ninety percent start speaking up uh, against those who would say, "Oh." It's uh, we've, we've got to treat each other as groups. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to and we're starting to wake up to that. I mean, uh, we hear individuals like uh, uh, celebrities that are just like, you know, what? I don't want to talk about race. If you want to end racism, we don't want to mention skin color. We just want to talk about your character, as Martin Luther King had mentioned. I want to judge you based on your character and whether you're a jerk to me or whether you're cool to me. And I'll judge you based on that, not based on your skin color. Most people 
I think, want to talk that way. But when conservatives, for especially like when I mention that and say, I don't want to talk about race, then I'm just denying the issues and I'm just in denial and I just don't want to look at it. I don't want to face these issues and I'm just in my white privilege little bubble thing. And I get attacked for it as opposed to moving forward. So these conversation of systematic racism and bringing up division in identity politics, that's kind of harming the cause more than helping it right now, isn't it? The, uh, the, this is the problem, that you have uh, you have the mainstream media, New York Times, Washington Post, all the networks, they bought into the systemic racism narrative, lock, stock, and barrel. And it's really sad, because the, they are saying basically, what else could it be except racism? And that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate because there are reasons that we still have problems that have nothing to do with racism that we're trying to fix. It takes a long time, but stop trying to divide the American people into different camps where we're supposed to be at each other's throats. Boy, I wish we could actually implement that. It's going to be so nice. And we can, we will. It's a constant battle that we do, but I think we're going to prevail in the end of it. It's Charles Murray, Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America. You can find the book online at EncounterBooks.com. Charles, I really appreciate the time, my friend. I know you have to run, but let's get you back on the show again here real soon. Very good. Thanks a lot. Hey, appreciate that very much. We'll definitely get you back on. I love that conversation. I think that we can continue to expose the other side and actually you know, work together to be able to move forward in some of these. So, Charles, we appreciate that very much. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll recap Fourth of July weekend. We'll get ready for our next guest. We have a lot to get to today on a – it's already a post-Monday. It's not even a Monday celebration. It's a post-Monday celebration here for The Voice of Reason. Let's get things going, baby. Feeling great, ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a good one. Let's do this thing. It's The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier here on a Tuesday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcast, and doing the thing the way we do every single day. And we appreciate you hanging out with us today as well. HoosierReason.com, all of our social media at HoosierReason as well. So thank you for joining us today. Diane Douglas, she's coming on the show at the bottom of the hour talking about reforming public schools. And are they able to be reformed or are they just kind of done and we can't do much about them any longer? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. I realize whether it's the identity politics with the race card, which we I hate racism and I hate the identity politics, but we talk about it a lot on the show because we need to expose it to realize how stupid it is. So that way we can move past it, which is going to be a very difficult conversation. Not sure if we're ever going to finish it. I think there's always going to be that sect of the world that thinks that that's a cool idea in some way, shape or form which is dumb. Others find it as a way to control, which is, I think, the kind of mode we're at right now. They're able to control. They're using pawns to make people get all riled up, to get angry at each other, to create the division for control. And if they're able to control, then things are going to be very well for them and not so well for everybody else. At the same time, I've realized control is kind of the main factor on the other side of the aisle. It's all about control, whether it's personal gain, whether it's controlling other individuals, whether it's controlling a scenario, whether it's controlling an industry. It's all about control. They love control. They're kind of the narcissist of that front. They love to control you. They love to control the scenario. They love to control the environment. Control. Don't worry. We'll take care of it for you. Just give us the power. I got the power. And that's what they're all about, including the COVID-19 as we continue on with this battle, which I'm not going to let up. I don't care. I'm not going to give up this battle about trying to bring another side of the discussion to COVID-19. And this pandemic and the shutdown, was it worth it? The masks, the vaccines. I'm not going to give up on this. I know it's old news and we've heard about it for the last year and people are sick and tired of hearing about it. But it's important because was what happened justified or are we going to allow it to happen again? We see this spread of the new quote unquote Delta variant, which makes people very angry and upset. And now they're getting all worried again about because it's more contagious. And therefore, if it's more contagious, then we're all going to die more, right? So I don't care. I don't care. We're going to continue on with that conversation. We're going to continue to educate and bring an alternative point of view. And then you can make up your own mind based on you want to believe. But now there's talk about control. There's now a controlling pressure growing to vaccinate the quote unquote anti-vaxxers. This is according to medicalexpress.com. But a growing number of countries and territories around the world are now trying to force people to get vaccinated against COVID-19, even if they don't want to get vaccinated or they don't need to get vaccinated. They're trying to force them to do so because of the spread of the Delta variant, which, by the way, again, as we talked about last week, is more contagious but less deadly. The COVID-19 virus is like 1.5% death rate. This one's sitting at like a 0.08% death rate, so uh, even less contagious as before. And it, again, only targets 
specific individuals, which I find kind of intriguing. So do we need to get vaccinated with the Delta variant? And while they're kind of forcing this one, the discussion is coming back again in less than a year. Since the beginning of this year, they're pushing for now businesses trying to mandate the vaccination in order for you to be an employee there, whether you work in customer service, whether you work in sales, whether you work in just an office job. If you don't get vaccinated, you're probably part of the problem. And they're trying to push this. So we'll stay on top of that one. But the pressure grows on anti-vaxxers. They try and uh, make this mandatory. But now it's mandatory at the Vatican. In some of the which I didn't realize that was its own quote unquote country, but the Vatican uh, is a rare country imposing vaccinations for all adults. The ex-Soviet other country of Tajik, Tajikistan, uh, <laughs> the officials uh, say that they published government decree obliging all 18 year olds or older to be vaccinated without giving further details. Italy as a country overall, Britain now on June 16th, the British government announced all care home staff in England will be needed to be fully vaccinated. Russia's working on it. The United States is trying to do it. France, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, in some way, shape or form, trying to force people, not giving the option, but forcing in some way, shape or form to get vaccinated. When is it going to come to the U.S. and how are they going to implement it here in the United States? Get ready because it's coming. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It is a post-Monday celebration. We are rocking through at the fastest hour of radio on radio, plus TV, plus live streaming, podcasting all over the country, which means you can find us on numerous different radio stations, numerous different TV, and the live streaming podcast as well, which we are still killing it on the podcast downloads. Thank you for that. You can find us at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on any of your favorite podcasting sites or find the link right there on the website at Hoosier Reason. Dot com. No, I am Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. Also on the social media at that same, what is that, the handle? Is that what it's called, at Hoosier Reason, the same handle, hashtag, whatever. I don't know. The Millennial General still doesn't know how to do social media, but we're <laughs> we're making it happen. Welcome back into the program. Let's shift gears a little bit as we talk about unity. The question is, and we talked with our former guest about this, Charles Murray, in the first part of the show about uh, racism in the country and where we can find this unity, how we start to solve these issues. And it's planting the seeds in the younger generations with proper education to grow up to, you know, love the country, to understand what's going on, to work on the issues, but not like create division and hatred and how we can actually move forward. 
The question is, can we do that? Uh, well, I, I want to rephrase that. We can. How much work is it going to take? Because I'm in the eternal optimist. I always think that we can always figure out a way to solve things. But is a system too far gone where you have to kind of crumple it up in the wastebasket, throw it away, and start over? And I think a lot of people have really hit that level in certain public education systems across the country. So let's talk about that. What can we do with public education now that we have critical race theory coming out? We've had Common Core we've had to battle. We've had some other issues that uh, are making you know, education kind of frustrating for many parents. Let's just be honest with it. So to talk about that and more, I'm super excited to have on our next guest. She is a former Arizona superintendent of public instruction, also served two terms with the Peoria Unified School District Governing Board, including being president a couple of years as well. Excited to have on Diane Douglas with us here. Diane, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you on the program. I, I appreciate that. Let's talk about public education because I know that drives home for a lot of parents. I'm a parent. I have a seven-year-old daughter right now uh, that's going into second grade this coming up fall semester. And uh, this last year with COVID obviously has been a disaster. We tried to do the homeschooling and the virtual learning for a year. And to get a seven-year-old to study on a laptop for you know four or five hours a day was not the best way to actually educate the children. But beyond COVID, let's just set that aside for a second and just look at the school uh, system as a whole between the Department of Education at the federal level and some of the guidelines they send down in this administrative state that we have and with the Common Core and now with this critical race theory, is public education overall something that we can salvage to fine-tune at the local levels again, or is the entire system pretty much you know uh, corruptible to where we just need to start over? In my opinion, we need to start over. If we want to save our children our families, and our country. We need to start over again. What most people don't realize is that our public education system, it wasn't a public education system. It was a system of schooling that was very Christian-based, um, homeschool, run by churches, until, oh, the early, uh, about 1900, 1910, when John Dewey took it over. And they've just, they deliberately took over the school system to change our country mm. and to make it um, basically bring it into a cultural Marxist viewpoint. Yeah. I've mentioned it and, on the program before, but uh, I mean, quality of education, graduation rates and the quality of what we were testing at. I mean, as soon as we created the Department of Education federally, I mean, those quality standards started dropping little by little, didn't they? Well, no, it started long before that. Mm. Um, you know, we were tracking it more, I think it's fair to say, after the Federal Department of Education. And one of my big concerns is if we did close the federal, the unconstitutional federal Department of Education, people would think the problem solved, and it's not even close. Mm, I spent start. almost 30 years trying to fix the education system, from the lowest rung in Arizona to the highest rung in Arizona. And what I came to find out as superintendent was that no one wants it fixed. The left wants to continue to indoctrinate our children, and the right just wants job programming. Mm. So they want to make our kids little worker bees. Interesting. Uh, I've definitely seen I grew up in uh, different areas of the country and seeing a little bit different education system. And some of them, you're right, I mean, uh, some of them, you know what, we have factories in the area, we have agriculture in the area, we have certain, you know, things that are in our area. Let's just 
kind of hone our education system to make sure that they're just at that level to do that job and then kind of keep them around here as opposed to giving them everything. So that is a fascinating point that I don't think a lot of people focus on. No, they don't. And we've abandoned true critical thinking, um, the, the acquisition of knowledge, wisdom, discernment. That's not what education is about anymore. Yeah. And until we change that, which we won't do through the government education system, because the government education system is doing exactly what it's designed to do, we're not going to get our country back. It's a great point. So let's, I mean, let's, how important is it to have the family unit as well? I mean, right now, are we relying too much on the public education system to kind of handle certain topics or certain things? I mean, financial literacy here in the state of Kansas, where we're based out of, we had state legislation come out this year where they tried to mandate a personal finance class that got rejected by Democrats because they didn't want students to do personal finance. And they said that it was up to the school board, uh, the, the statewide school board, as opposed to legislation from the legislature, those sorts of things. Is that the duty of public education or is it just because parents are disengaged to teach on the home front and kind of fill in those gaps? Well, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did parents start giving up their responsibilities because the education system said, hey, trust us, we'll take care of this. Or did they start giving it up? You know, which way did it go? Which came yeah. first? That's, you know, and we yeah. sent our mothers out to the workforce because, heck, having a job and paying taxes is more important than raising your children. You're right. I mean, the, the whole fi family dynamic has been uplifted completely. Now, are we seeing a different level between, as you mentioned, like charter schools, private schools, uh, uh, Catholic schools or church schools, as opposed to public education, are we seeing a little bit different graduation rate and or quality standards between all those? And is an argument like uh, school choice or school vouchers, is that going to help solve this issue? Personally, I believe vouchers is a step in the right direction. The problem is that the government always gets its hooks on the money first, and then they can write the rules and, you know, determine what people can do with it. You know, we found here in Arizona, when Common Core came into place, a lot of our parochial schools signed on to it as well. Wow. That's interesting. I was not aware of that either. We're talking with Diane Douglas, former Arizona superintendent of public instruction. Let's talk about hyper... Uh, theoretically, which I don't think would ever happen because it is far-fetched. And once you create a government program, it doesn't go away. But let's just say theoretically, we're able to dismantle the Federal Department of Education. We bring it back down to the local levels to make all the decisions, which is what conservatives want uh, on the right side of the aisle politically here. That, as you mentioned, that's just the start of it. Because if we do something like that, then parents need to be engaged or at least go for the school board or talk to the teachers or work hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, that's just the start of the argument in, in the fight, isn't it? Well, and I think we're seeing that fight take place right now. You know, for a long time, parents parents were not engaged as they should be. Um, you know, or I heard this just last week or the week before at a luncheon, Um you know, gee, we're having we're talking about critical race theory and all those things currently going on. And, you know, the parents said, oh, yeah, that's that stuff is terrible. That's awful. Oh, but not happening at my child's school. Yeah. Oh, you bet it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's my next question. I mean, how involved are parents 
now in being aware of this? Is it getting? I I think it is getting better, as you mentioned, where we are we're actually showing up to school boards and and saying, wait a second, what are you teaching our kids? And no, that's not acceptable. Or we do want you to teach X, Y, and Z. It's getting better. It's just not there yet. Well, and it's not going to change because the problem is a lot of the resources that they bring in for the classroom, you know, they're endless possibilities. It used to be back in the day a million years ago when I was in school, you know, whatever grade you were in, whatever subject it was, there was a textbook and that was it. And it went home and parents saw what was in it. Now there's so many electronic resources and teachers can pick and choose and use anything they want. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we don't get to see it nearly as much. And now we're building apps on the laptop and and on the notepad as opposed to bringing the book home and actually studying that one, which is, I mean, I'm going to have a hard time keeping up with my daughter's education on there because I have no idea what she's learning on that front. Last question for you before we let you go, uh, Diane Douglas, but let's talk about uh, homeschooling because we've considered that Mrs. Voice of Reason and I have have thought about homeschooling as well. Is that an option? Is that getting more popular? And is that maybe a better, high quality standard too? Or is that still controlled by what the government's allowing us to teach our children? It depends what state you're in. In Arizona, we have a lot of freedom um, to homeschool as we see fit. All we have to do is tell the government we've withdrawn our child. Um, I work with an organization called publicschoolexit.com, and they have tons of resources there for parents that would want to homeschool. There's another great book that parents need to get a magazine called Save Our Children from the New American. And if um, they can go on and with a uh, code educate19, they can get a free they can get an edition with no shipping and handling charge. And this is so important for them to understand what has become of our nation schools. I love it. Publicschoolexit.com. I just went to the website to check that out as well, so I appreciate that resource. Diane, we're out of time, my friend, but let's get you back on the show again soon. This is a great topic. I'd love to get you on and chat again. Anytime. Hey, appreciate it, Andy. Yeah, appreciate that very much. A huge issue as we continue to reform or at least try to fix or at least take some control back into our own hands with public education, publicschoolexit.com. We'll take a break, wrap up the show today for a Tuesday. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in a few minutes. Uh, minutes like I can't talk today. It's a Tuesday. Good golly. A few minutes left of the program. Thanks again to Diane coming on the program talking about reforming public schools. I am going into this month, the month of July, the second half of 2021, extremely optimistic. Andy, what do you mean? I know we still have Joe Biden in there as president. I know that we still have some shenanigans to work through. And there's some really stupid going on in the world today. I know that. But it's always going to be there, and the big question is, can we overcome that? And education, I think, is a big one that we're going to focus on. There are a few topics that are really driving home to me and really resonating with me lately that I think we're going to focus a lot of time on on this program, and that is the identity politics, that is COVID, that is education, along with other current events as well. Of course, we're just not going to just regurgitate over and over and over, but those are really, really important topics as we look towards the future, man. Look towards the future, what's coming up, because talk radio kind of gets into this box every once in a while to where we end up complaining more than we come up with solutions, (laughs) and we don't want to do that. The whole point of talk radio is to educate and entertain, to make you entertain, so that way you want to keep coming back to the program and coming back to the individual host, whatever that host may be, hint, hint, wink, wink, but... We, so we do it in an entertaining way, but we want to educate to really drive home new talking points, to learn something new, to expand the mind, to expand the thought process, to maybe look at things just a little bit different way. And it's not just conservatism, but it's all over the board for uh, the wide span of Republicans, Democrats, conservative, liberal, whatever. Can we expand our mind and at least understand talking points or maybe think about something just a little bit differently? That is my goal with this program. So we're going to focus on those. But educating the youth of America, the young children that are coming up, that are learning that the, the country's bad, critical race theory, that the founding fathers are evil. I mean, the stuff that they're learning today is what we have to counter. So this is going to be the platform to do that, which is why I think we need to focus a lot of time on education. And guess what? We can overcome it. We can overcome what the local school districts are trying to do. We can overcome what the Department of Education is trying to do. And we can do that as parents of children. As the Department of Education tries to implement maybe critical race theory or common core education or tries to give more money to the administrative state, we can turn around and say, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to do it our own. And we can either uh, do homeschooling. We can put them in different schools and fight legislation in our states, wherever you may be over the nation, for uh, voucher programs or for uh, uh, education savings accounts, which are essentially the same thing, or uh, more choice to where 
just because you live in a certain area doesn't mean you have to take those children to that school, but you actually can drive your kid to other schools as well. We can work to, I know it's difficult because now with the economy and with inflation, with the devaluing of the dollar, we have to work numerous jobs. We have to have both parents out working and it takes away from the children. But guess what? We will overcome that. It's kind of like the inspirational story of the athlete to where they put in the extra hours, they sleep two, three hours a night, they work out every day, they take all the vitamins, they take every fight they possibly can, or they're you know in there practicing every single day to try and get on the major league team. You have to do that with your children. It's a constant battle. It's a constant fight. And no matter what challenges they put in front of you, you jump them hurdles. And whether it is working two jobs and coming home and then trying to help your kid with your homework, do that. It sucks. You're tired, but guess what? If you can do it now, then we can get a better education. We can raise a better generation seeing the hard work that goes into it, learning about the hard work that goes into it, and then getting a better job that makes more money and you can retire earlier. You can do whatever you want to if that's your goal. The point is that we can always overcome. I don't care how challenging it is. I don't care how much it sucks. I don't care how difficult it is. I accept those challenges because I will not let the tyrants tell us what to do. I will not allow them to create a scenario to where I am a victim and I can't, and they put that glass ceiling over me. I will not allow that. We will always do it on our own. We will always figure out a way. We will always do it ourselves because that's what we do. That's what we're Americans. We don't allow anybody to control us in that front. So that's what this program is going to be here for, and I'm super excited about it. So uh, get ready. Buckle in because 2021, the second half of 2021, is going to be outstanding here on this program with a lot of new guests and a lot more content that we're going to have talking about ways to fix things instead of just complaining about what's actually wrong which we don't usually do on this program anyways uh, because we usually try to come up with solutions, but at least, you know, we'll give some more ideas. Be the catalyst to change. That's what we're all about, right? The catalyst. Trying to bring that change and create 2021, boot that Joe Biden guy out of office and have some fun doing it. What do you say? Are you with me? Become a Hoosier-holic. Let's do that together. Hoosierreason.com. That's my nice little plug for the day. Until then, be your own voice of reason. As always, it's time for you to be that voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Back at it. We have a laundry list of awesome guests all week long for a Wednesday, tomorrow, and beyond. So get ready for that one. It's just going to be a fun week here on the show. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is the voice of reason. Everyone have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Let's celebrate. Shoot off those last little bit of fireworks if you can. And let's enjoy the sweet taste of freedom that some just don't want us to have. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.